Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful for your presence to us in your word. We'd ask that our minds would be alert to it. Seek you out in your son's name. Amen. Some of you, this is not a pop culture reference, but it was a movie many moons ago. Kenneth Branagh's uh, Henry V. If you know the movie, which was which uh, a lot of Christians really liked because it was Shakespeare, um, and uh, at the end when they after they had uh, killed all the French, I think, <laughs> which is sort of a moving um, thing. Uh, they're walking through the field of battle, carrying bodies and. And the king starts singing, Non nobis domine, non nobis. And I believe, I think in locally, Logos School's school song is that. They, they will sing the non nobis. That's from this Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. Now, there's applications to this in all sorts of circumstances. You don't take the glory yourself. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to thy name give glory for the sake of thy steadfast love and thy faithfulness. We can carry that in all sorts of circumstances. We want you to see some football player in the end zone on one knee pointing to heaven, having just received the game-winning touchdown, you know. It's always, you know, give glory to God. Um, and that's not a bad application. I think you want to give glory to God for things. I wanted you to think about it a little differently this morning. Um, why ultimately not to us, O oh Lord, not to us. Um, it's a choice when it's not to us. This is kind of the crisis we're talking to some people recently about child rearing and kids that were going through this little bout of absolute selfish, you know, um, they look like they're going to topple empires with their outrage and their demands or their lying or their fits that they throw in Walmart toy section. And parents are wondering what in the world is happening. They're trying out what it is to live according to the self. The self offers some things. If I can get my way, if only I can arrange this to get my way. The choice is ultimately between your own way or God's way. And here it's not to us, O Lord, but thy name give glory. To thy name, for the sake of thy steadfast love, thy faithfulness. Now, when you turn to face God, when you turn to um, acknowledge this in some way, you're choosing to turn away from your own, from yourself. Yourself is always going to be there because it's going to be the one doing the turning. It's going to be the one so affected by it. Now this psalm goes into something after it says it's not to us. It has a description of those who serve other gods that also played on that, the sort of the dark side of that 
phenomenal. Because when you don't serve God and you face yourself, that doesn't mean you don't need a God. You run into this in talking to an atheist, right? Talking to an atheist, you, you, they suddenly realize, and kind of this blank look on their face, as they realize they have got no argument for ethics whatsoever. They've got no reason. And so they start to try to build um, a level of fevered insistence where if they scream at you enough about what they think is right, you've got to be tolerant, you've got to coexist, you've got to do X, Y, or Z. They're, tr they're just trying to build what a God provides. All right? They, they don't have a God. When you turn away from gods and you turn to yourself, you have to provide what a God would provide, and it's going to be always somewhat ludicrous when you do. So the, the need is still there. Um, and when, when you have a, we're, we're essentially little people. Um, we have little motives, little minds, little bodies scurrying around on the surface of the globe. And we, in facing ourselves, need, need to produce all the things that the living God produced by the word of power. And the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. We're scurrying around trying to just get a piece of concrete to move from point A to point B with a lever. And we think we are godlike when it moves. Ever, ever think about that with Archimedes? When he says, give me a place to stand and I can move the world. Well, yeah, kind of an ultimate science-y, you know, the concept of the simple machine Man being God, I can move anything if I have a fulcrum and a bar and a place to stand. We're little. But we still need what the gods provide. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. So, the psalmist is moving. You know, so, you know, we're dealing with God here. This is not really, he's not really our object we juggle. He is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. I mentioned last week in the sermon that one of my cousins had at the family reunion a sweatshirt and had the line from Cartman, South Park, whatever, I do whatever I want. That's God's sweatshirt. Okay? It's funny when Cartman wears it, and we all begin, oh yeah, that makes sense. Cartman thinks he's God. Whatever, I do what I want. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Does what he wants. But we are down here choosing not to face him, choosing not to say, not to us, but to you, because that's the ultimate wrestling point. You've heard me mention it countless times. Whether you're going to choose to let yourself go and pick up a Lord. But you still need what the gods function as in life. Their gods, their idols, are silver and gold. The work of men's hands. Because that's what happens, right? You turn away from the living God, you pick up yourself and say, I am going to, 
I'm going to design this thing. Oops, I need a god. Go down to the local blacksmith, the goldsmith, and say, pour me a god. I will bow down and worship it. You get those very humorous portions of the scripture about idolatry. But they are the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. And this is the passage that jumped out at me. We all know that. Yeah, dumb idol worshippers. Those who make them are like them. So are all who trust in them. That was the interesting, he just told you what they're like. They've got the parts, but not the adequate function. Don't speak, don't see, don't hear. Don't smell, don't feel, don't walk. Don't make a sound. Now, We're talking, I've been talking for a number of years in philosophical discussions about the nature of perception. We're, Jake and I were talking a little bit before church about, and this is going to sound a little. I'm only reading Kierkegaard because Jake is making me. But when a pastor says, as Kierkegaard said, it could really, it could lift my, my bona fides quite a bit. Yeah. But realize I'm just doing it because I'm being made to do it. But we're, we're talking about the nature of the subjective. And some people are so messed up in the subjective because they turn to themselves instead of, instead of saying, not to us, O Lord, they said, to me. To me, and I'm going to make, I'm going to write this. So they make a God, they make a system that makes, that, that oddly enough, they start to share their God's limitations. They don't see. They don't really hear. When I was teaching art, I would stand in amazement that high school youth with a pencil and a piece of paper could be looking at a coffee cup and not replicate the coffee cup. It amazed me what abominations were being put down on the page. Things that, you know, you just roll your eyes, are you see, does that world look like that to you? They don't see. And I started to theorize about it is that they don't actually look at the world around them. They don't really, can't really take in what is happening to them. On all levels, hearing, seeing, feeling, they're not really taking it in because they've taken the responsibility of designing their cosmos and their world for themselves down to the point of pouring a molten image of a god to bow down to. They've got sad little, sad little project. And they can't really afford to see What's going on, really? When you see what's really going on, 
When your eyes are open to what is, like Job at the end of Job, Elihu warns him that God steps into the picture and Job repents so fast, you know, he's so overwhelmed. When the prophets, what do they do? They faint dead away, they fall on their face, I am a man of unclean lips. They, they know when they have seen the righteous, when they've seen the truth. But people who are about themselves are busy crafting a kind of religion and self and um, life that is based on their sad littleness. And you have to limit your senses to stay in that pretend world. You, you, you think of all sorts of different ways of limiting. I, I've just been teaching art. I, I realized that people were drawing what they thought the world looked like. They drew in symbols. Where the person says, oh, it's a, he's got a nose. And they draw their symbol for nose on the face which is a profile nose, even though the face is looking at them straight ahead. Because they're using their symbol to draw because they don't have a functional relationship with what is. They're becoming like their gods. Crafted to look like it's got something going on. Crafted to look like it's got the sublime deity Make the idol big enough. Make the temple glorious enough. You end up, you end up being, standing away from God, left to yourself, having to develop a religion that then you embarrass. It's an awful Platonic loop. You know how Plato talked about uh, life is just an image, a shadow cast. And he didn't like the arts because the arts were a shadow of a shadow. And we end up making our, deciding our own limitations are going to design our world. Making a God for ourselves that reflects that limitation. And then we become like the gods we fabricated. We become this sequence of bad shadows of things we wrote. And this occurs not just in the idolatrous, I mean, the psalmist is dealing with people who worship idols, but it happens in Christianity too. We have to always sort of keep in mind this little slight or nuanced distinction of where we're being tricked to face ourselves rather than face the living God. Are we his pleasure and creation, or, are, or is he our pleasure and creation? And we can do it well within the confines of orthodoxy. I was reading the introduction to the biography of Montrose by uh, John Buchan, and uh, he goes into some background of the religious wars of the 1600s and, and how the Protestants had come up with a paper pope. They, they rejected the idea of a man, the Vatican being the pope. They went in for the confessions. Paper pope. 
we see the same thrust when we deal with, you know, founding documents like the Magna Carta or the Constitution. We like appealing to an arrangement that we put together, which works great for a nation, not so much for a god. There are gravenness can be in us chiseling out the confines of the god exists. And this is where the quote from Aqualung, great song on the album called My God, the first verse, O people, what have you done? Locked him in his golden cage, made him bend your religion, him resurrected from the grave. The song goes on much like that, dealing with the Church of England. Jasper tells you to have a thing against the Church of England. Um, but we do that. We take the God who we are supposed to find and adore, that we are the object of his creativity, we are the object of his pleasure or not, and we start to craft him through a series of, you know, whether it's philosophical syllogisms or theological study or trends in the church, we make our God. And the difficulty is how far removed from actually successful we are. I don't know, some of you are probably literary. Some of you may have written a book. You know, not that you're published, but you may have written a, a book, a novella, or a novel. You may have written a long thesis for some graduate degree. We're dealing with a systematic cosmos here. When you're writing your own world, you have to cover all the bases. As one of the things I was reading in Kierkegaard about the systematic objectivists that are trying to put everything, never quite seem to have all the paragraphs written for the system. Well, if the system ain't done, it ain't a system. Until you cover everything, it isn't a system. But we're actually out there trying to write up a systematic cosmos that we could explain it all. The physicists do it with mathematics and, and biological scientists do it. Other people trying to come up with a unified theory. And, and we don't really realize, and it, I, I want to share this with you because I want you to walk out the door and look at people. Not, not judge them or anything like that. Oh, I feel greater than you, less than you, whatever it is. I want you to recognize what's going on. The, we, we are, my wife and I are in the, in the ministry, and so people come by. Oh, and if you ever want to talk about anything, I don't care. Even if you just want to talk about good things, we're available. But people do come by, people not of this church, people of this church. And so we see a lot. And then I go talk to my dad, and he sees worse. And you're going to realize, what, what have you, what, people? I don't care what your view of the creation is. You've been here at least 6,000 years. Dealing with the same problem, women. And nobody understands it yet? Dealing with the same problem, money. And no one understands it yet? Dealing with the same problem, child-rearing, and nobody understands it yet? Clueless. And everybody's running around like they're putting together, for themselves, for the first time in human history, 
a systematic cosmos in which they will live, in which they will explain all that goes on in their life. I hate community theater. I hate it with a passion. I have been dragged to community theater. I know some of you act. I don't care. Not my fault. Not my problem. Now why? Have you ever saw Waiting for Guffman? Christopher Guest film? Great film about community theater. That's what everybody's doing. I have this line in his face. You have this possibly, you have a self that was made by the living God that is waiting to find his God actually and live the possibility of that subjective circumstance at its highest level and instead all this acting out something, reflecting something else, it's this poor community theater play you're writing where you have to hire all your friends who can't act to play different parts because they donated too much. You know what that's like. Someone's given a part in a community play. And we have had community plays here. Chuck Morrow. My own children have been on the stage. And my son is going, that was my moment of glory. And, and father is saying he hates community theater. It's probably the lighting wasn't very good. Here the lighting is very good. But that's what people, less of, I'd rather go to a community theater play than walk out into life where everyone out there, in the mall, in the airport, is living out this little life that they've put together, where they think they've created an adequate system, measured by self. That's what most lives are like. And we create our God to pretend to be a playwright for the life we then go do, even though we wrote the God that directs this play that's so awful with our poor acting. And a lot of people think it's their obligation to design, devise a God that they would want. Ever hear that from some unbeliever? Even some believer. I could never worship a God who... Ever hear that phrase? Who cares? God is in his heaven. He does whatever he pleases. You don't like what he did at Jericho? Too bad for you. You don't get to decide what God does, is, is measured by. We think, in our in modern Christian cir circles, and not only in orthodox circles where we, we design a God to fit some theological construct that then God can't seem to get out of. That any freedom God might have is, is quickly cattle prodded back into the theological definition and people who thought anything otherwise are cast out of the church. Not that they shouldn't be. They might be heretics. But that whole process is one of designing a God in the old school way. The new school way is Christians who think because they're a patriot, so is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're a patriot, so is the Lord Jesus Christ. And somehow for Jesus, heaven's going to be red, white, and blue, bunting everywhere. 
we, you know, we, we've seen that. We've all seen that, that people who've tied too closely their, their desires civically to their desires religiously. You can make a nation the way you want to make it. God bless you. Whatever it is, socialist, capitalist, I don't care. But don't make your God that way. Don't think the cosmos is being that way. Oh, the worst and worse are the women of the fevered brow. Not my line. I think that was uh, R. Emmett Terrell from uh, Weekly Standard who wrote, a, wrote an essay on the women of the fevered brow. We call them social justice warriors now because they're just, you know, hell on wheels. Because they want to have God be just like the God they imagined, the father they never had, the issues they had with boyfriends. Whatever they're trying to resolve, they want to resolve it in the graven image they carve out of the Christian God. The patriot does the same thing. Somehow Jesus starts to look an awful lot like Thomas Jefferson, and yeah, they can't tell the difference. You're not here to design your God. You're here to find your God. And that's what it says for the rest of this psalm. Those, at verse 8 where it says, those who make them are like them. What a sad limitation to self that is. Once I step back into self, I get all the cheesiness of waiting for Guffman. And you're not making it any, you can't act better. You're not, you're not Oscar quality. You don't get to have any reshoots. You don't get to have a better night. You get opening night and that's it. Whatever you're going to act like, whatever your viewpoints about the world and how your little cosmos is percolating along and how your little God is standing up to, oddly enough, confirm you in all your desires. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, put your trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You think he wants us to trust him? Fear him? Because that's the, the, sort of the ultimate point of recognition. There is either only community theater in everybody's lives, and there is no God, and only the gods that exist are the ones of our vain imaginings, ones we create, and the really artful ones of us create really sophisticated, you know, philosophically sophisticated gods. Or there is a God with whom we have to deal. If there is a God, fear, trust, waiting for his blessing, because remember, he is creating you, you're not creating him. His pleasure, his creation. The Lord has been mindful of us. I love that. When I was thinking of this, I looked at that first verse, not to us, O Lord, not to us. Then it says, who make them are like them, so all who so are all who trust in them. They are like the gods they, they make. And then it says, the Lord is mindful of us. He will bless us. It turns the whole thing around. It drives it over to the other side of the question saying, the God is making you more real. Ever think of that? 
Years ago, I was toying with the whole question of proving one's own existence. Because I thought it was silly for us to prove God's existence. God was needing us to prove our existence. And when you look at the sad community theater moment that is most people's lives, they're not doing a good job of proving. Not believable characters. The reviewer has not really believable characters. I wasn't caught up. I did not suspend my disbelief. Most people's lives, you just go, what are you doing? God is making us more real. We're finding the actual place, a self in its subjective circumstance, when it gives itself to God and says, you are the thing I will face. You will put me where I belong. The where you belong is in a blessed state. Your self is absolutely actualized. You are at your most rich circumstance. Your possible greatness is only found in God. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, I don't have many liturgical things that I do habit or it's a choice I made when I open in prayer every Sunday I always say dear Lord maker of heaven and earth there are other ways of describing our God that are great and wonderful I've always liked that I think that reminds us of something that he writes us he develops us he asks of us to play what he wants of us not some sad high school theater geek writing a play for you to play out for the rest of your life. Most of us did that, right? Because it was high school. Shaped us, you know? I didn't have a real good set of high school years. I'm thankful the Navy occurred right afterwards. I think it scrubbed everything clean and, and let me start fresh. But I, a lot of people are just living out with their high school, their idea of a playwright, what they were going to do how they were going to design themselves, what ruts they were going to live in. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, finding God's mind on you. Because remember, whatever God you build, you start to reflect and if it's a cheesy, handmade thing, you're going to end up with a cheesy, handmade life. If the God that you are making has an odd submission to what you want gods to be, just like an idolater with Christian terms, and you'll just get the reflect, you'll start reflecting it. But remember, because it's a shadow of a shadow of a shadow, it's going to be really poor. The oughtness of meeting the God, finding the God, being reconciled to the God, and thinking, not to us, but to you, O Lord. To thy name, we give glory. We, we, we put ourselves at the highest possible spot of, 
of self. Yourself, God made you an autonomous agent, not because he doesn't like autonomous agents. He wants you autonomous, free, developed, actual, bowing the knee, because that's exactly where your level of self belongs, bowing the knee. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You start to reflect what you face and if you're writing the play, you can't reflect anything more than your own bestest imaginings. Wouldn't it be cool if I killed the dragon at this point? Yeah, it'd be really cool. Knock yourself out. Wouldn't it be cool if I made a lot of money? Wouldn't it be cool if I became very popular? People are still doing the same petty lusts rather than looking at the face of Jesus Christ in glory and, and reflecting that from one degree of glory to the next. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any that go down into silence. Three levels, right? The heavens, the earth, under the earth. In heaven, it's already done God's way. In Hades, they're dead. It's quiet. They're silent. The heavens are the Lord's, the dead are silent. We're in the arena of chance. We're in the arena of choice. We're alive and we're not in heaven. We're alive and we're deciding. He's given this to the sons of men. That's us who are living right now. Not the ones that are dead. They've got other things going on. Not the angels in glory. It's given to the sons of men. They are not doing it God's way, but they have the option of doing it God's way. So, verse 18, But we will bless the Lord. For this time forth and forevermore, praise the Lord. So it's been given to us to choose the non nobis, not to us. For the sake of us, for the sake of the self, for the sake of the, 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 your subjective circumstance, your, your life in the immediate would be most wonderfully defined. At peace with your God, at peace with your world, content with your dying, because you see all of those answers in God. You see all of that character development in God. You don't end up writing a cheesy play with unbelievable characters. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we are grateful that you will be found and that if we face you and turn from ourselves, 
the great things, the great number of things we reject in this life, you will give to us more than adequately, a hundredfold, that ourselves would be blessed by our bowing to you. Give us your peace, reflect yourself in us, turn us aside from the silly lives that we could have crafted. In your son's name, amen.